You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. With another episode, screening in Kingston, uh, Taylor, we're really going to do our AI review proud this week because we're actually both reviewing movies we probably watched on a couch or some sort of home surface. <laughs> that's that's accurate. I was in my bed. You're in your bed to watch <laughs> yep. a documentary. Yep. Um, and I watched the uh, movie Paint, the Owen Wilson oh, movie yeah. Paint about uh, sort of a Bob Ross style thing. Though I found out very early in the movie, he does not play Bob Ross. No, it was confusing marketing. It's mm-hmm. like, I would say like, what, a parody bio? Parody. Yeah, it would. I would say it's very similar to the like Weird Al parody, but it's not right. actually about, you know, him. It's But it is a parody kind of of, of him. It's not funny either. Um, they look alike. Like, they do. Like they, they do, and they give him the it's fro. for sure. And it's clear that they're parodying, you know, Bob Ross. But he's like Carl. What I, I want to say, Carl Carlson, but that's not actually his name. <laughs> it's Carl something. Um, something silly. And he's a painter, very much like Bob Ross on a PBS in a very specific, like a specific local PBS station. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, well, I'll talk about it, but it, it, within a few minutes, I realized, oh, this is not what I thought, I thought it was, was. going to be. Yeah. It's not, it's not really a biopic. It's more of a really silly movie that is kind of parodying Bob Ross more so than anything else. Um, so yeah, that was, a uh, it was interesting. That was an interesting surprise. And we'll, what platform uh, we'll was that on? Uh, Amazon. As oh. an Amazon Prime yeah. uh, movie. I also so. did a Prime movie. Is that? Oh, I thought it was a Netflix. No, there you go. Prime. Well, so I got to change is... the description for this <laughs> week because I've said Netflix. <laughs> nope, it was, uh, it was a Prime. After, I think, I don't know if we said it on air last week, Mike, or we said it off air. But I was like, wow, Netflix bottomed the barrel. And then we joked right. about how we were going to have to try to watch Prime instead. So that's mm-hmm. what I did. I oh, went to Prime. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, think, I like, honestly the new, new releases category or whatever, or like exclusive sure. to Amazon. Yeah, which is where you found this documentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like that's the thing. I we were joking, or like, I thought we were joking, but I guess we weren't. Nope. Like I guess nope. <laughs> we're just not much less for for Netflix. So we gotta take know. a little break. Try something new. Um, before we get to those, though, we we have some news to discuss. Yeah. Um, both you and I, Taylor, saw this on social media uh, just just this week. And, you know, this will be a week old by the time uh, our podcast comes out. But uh, the screening room is in desperate need of a new projector. Um, so yes. they're they're putting forth the 2023 projection projector donation drive. They need to raise uh, sixty thousand dollars and they need to do it fast. Um, so basically, one of their projectors is failing. They need help to replace it. They're reaching out to us cinema fans, uh, big moviegoers, people who love the screening room, people who don't want to see the screening room go the way of classic video. 
Uh, they, yeah. you know, they need your help. Uh, basically, the projector costs and the sound system that comes along with it costs sixty thousand dollars. They currently are already in COVID debt that they're paying off, which is why they're doing this uh, this donation campaign. So, with that in mind, um, they've been doing what they've been, you know, they've been doing what they can through, through the pandemic and doing different things to try to stay on track. Uh, stay on track, and because they're not eligible for public funding or grants. They really need our help, uh, moviegoers, you listeners out there, uh, to support them. So there's there's a couple different things that we'll pass along. First and foremost, they need your help. And you know, Taylor, if 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 someone out there can help, we urge you and encourage you to help because we really would like to see the screen. Get out your checkbook. On. Yeah, get it out. This is the time. Or your Visa debit, whatever it is you use. Yeah, do people have checkbooks? I'm pretty sure this is all online. Like, I'm pretty sure someone's going to be typing in a credit card. (laughs) I do have, I had to order checks for. Really? Yeah. I'm like. Really? Yeah. It's a lot. You're the one, huh? I'm the one. But, like, also, (laughs) it is very characteristic of my workplace that I need checks. But, anyways. um, Yeah, so I do, I did order checks. It was about $75 for like 200 or a hundred. And so I'll probably use 12 and then have a hundred minus 12 checks left at the end of I, the day. And that's the thing. I know I have checks somewhere. I don't know where they are. <laughs> like you there's a check pay your rent. somewhere. Like I definitely in undergrad paid rent with checks. No, me too. Yeah. I remember sitting down and having to write out 12 checks and hand them over. And yeah. I did pay when I lived in DC in 2016. I paid rent with checks. I had to have, I had to order American checks. Yeah, but like most days, yeah. I think like our younger. I don't know what our demographics are for this show, but anyone who was born like <laughs> after 1999, they're like, what? You, what is a check? Yeah, I what think is, a lot of our we're talking about. I think, yeah, I think a lot of our listeners are confused by get out your checkbook. And that's why I think, uh, uh, to be very clear, you can donate online. Yes, yes. Wendy probably doesn't want checks. She's like, I don't want to go to the bank. She probably like, she's like, what do I do with this check? (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) no, this isn't it. Um, So yeah, and it's all online. Like everything's on screeningroomkingston.com. Like everything's there. You can get the information. So don't listen to Taylor, folks. No. Don't worry about checkbooks. Don't go order checks and then get them and then make your contribution. Um, so we're going to... I'm, I'm sure walk- she would take a check, though. I'm sure she'd take anything. I'm just... I think most people <laughs> know, don't have I checks know. is my point. I know, I know. My point isn't that we can't physically get checks. I'm sure we can all do it. We just don't want to, you know, go through the trouble. Yeah, you want to um, do it so- online. <laughs> Exactly. So there's a lot of different levels of, of support that you can give and you get different things from the screening room for contributing. Because as, as we mentioned, and when you read their release and their information, they're not eligible for grants and public funding because they're a small family owned business. So what they can offer you is basically the things that they have at the screening room in order to you know give you some incentive to, it, to support. It reminds me of like um, crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. You, what's the platform it's not gofundme maybe it is gofundme but like you know like they're releasing a board game and you're funding the board game oh gofundme so like, yes yeah. it is okay it is gofundme so anyways yeah. read us the the um the different platforms or the yes. different levels yeah so there's four different levels and then there's also kind of a fun event we'll talk about 
Um, so level one, the friend is what they're calling it. If you give between $50 and $99, um, you receive a limited edition monogram pin. They have a picture of it on social and, and up on, on their website and free popcorn. Nice. Pretty good. <laughs> like that number right. one level. Pretty good. A popcorn. No, it's just, well, yes, sorry, a free popcorn, but that's... Don't be telling people and then showing up being like, I'm going to get a lifetime supply of free popcorn because I donated $50. That's true, that's true, that's true. Or screening (laughs) in Kingston will suddenly be on the hook for a bunch of free popcorn. with all this popcorn, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) well, Wendy, you can just send me the bill if that happens, that's fine. Um, Number two, uh, the patron, calling it the patron, if you give between $100 and $199, you receive two tickets to a donors-only surprise screening event in addition to the perks and the friends. You still get the pin. You still get a free popcorn, but you can use that free popcorn at this donor-only surprise screening event. So once they have all the donors together, they'll do a nice, fun surprise screening event. You'll get to go to it. You'll be one of the few. You get to kind of hang out with other donors, create a little community there. You're all supporting the the screening room. So that's kind of fun for level two. Number three... Plus yeah. all the perks mentioned above. All the perks, but yes, no matter what, you still get your, your free popcorn. Number and a your free popcorn. You still get your pin. And you get to go to the event. All that together. And you then number three. Free, you could use your free popcorn at the event. I just said that too. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I literally <laughs> just said that exact same thing, but that's fine. We're gonna repeat this. <laughs> We're gonna repeat. I want I want people to know about their free popcorn. You're you're very excited about the popcorn. Yes, we're all excited about the popcorn. Uh, number three, the benefactor. So this is if you give two hundred plus. So over two hundred dollars, you get again everything in the above two. You still get your free popcorn that Taylor really wants you to know about. You still get the two tickets to the donor event that, as Taylor and I mentioned, you can use the free popcorn and then you still get the pin. And in addition. You get a new night at the movies for two pass. So they get, they're going to give you like a bit that I guess got new passes that they've created. It's shimmery. So in, I guess so. Does that mean just shiny? Like if something yeah, shimmery, like is that glittery. shiny and new? Glittery? Okay. So oh, it's, it's I thought new. like shimmery. I thought like um, when you look at the pass, it will be shiny. Oh, I thought that's just shiny. Isn't shimmery like when something's really new? Like Because no. it, it also says, okay, well, I guess that doesn't make sense. Because why would you say shimmery? Animal? I mean, it doesn't matter. Who cares what hey, it looks like? We're, You're getting. We're gonna. <laughs> this episode. This episode is just us off the rails. <laughs> what? What is the definition of that word? But anyway, you get you get a movie for two pass in addition to all those perks, and you know, so you get your pin, you get your popcorn, you get your surprise screen, you get that. Then, if you really have some money to spend here, if you pay five hundred and seventy-five dollars. You're going to you're going to get this movie was brought to you by sponsorship credit that's going to go in front of a movie, like it's going to be a predominant credit tailor of being. This movie was brought to you by yeah, it's pretty cool. This person who paid five hundred and seventy five dollars, which is amazing. Now this is designed for organizations, but I'm telling you, if you get a collective I can of people be an, together, I can be an organization. You can be an listen, organization. This is what I'm thinking. Now, we got to discuss this, but I'm going to throw it out there because if the fans respond, we'll do this. We could do a screening in Kingston fundraise. We could raise five, if we can raise $575 as a podcast with our fans, maybe we can get a, this movie is brought to you by screening in Kingston and then list everyone's names under it. Yeah, that'd be fun. 
That'd be a lot of fun. So fans, let us know. Like you write in if you if you want to be part of this. Maybe we can do a little screening and Kingston fundraiser thing and get our podcast as a you know predominant. This is brought to you by. So yeah. listeners out there, let us know. We, again, we fan feedback. If you want to be involved in this, you send the message to us. Taylor and I will kind of get working on this over the next little while, but you send those messages in. Everyone who contributes will make sure you get your name represented in some way. We'll reach out to Wendy. We'll talk to her about that. But I think if we raise the money, I think they're not going to say no. <laughs> they're going to yeah. they're going to take it. So so let's do that. And then the the other thing that's important. So you get all those things for those different levels. Another really cool thing they're doing is coming up June 17th and 18th. They're doing a 24-hour, like, sort of trash cinema telethon is what they're calling it. So it's a telethon with a host where they're basically doing, like, B-movies <laughs> that are going yeah. to be secretly chosen. So you don't know. You don't know what this is. And you get to go, and it's through 24 hours, these movies are just going to be played. So it's going to be on YouTube. There's going to be a live stream that's going to be on YouTube. They've got hosts from the screening room, like screening room staff members who are who are going to be hosting this. You get to watch along. You can make donations and tips while you're doing that. So that's coming up June 17th and 18th. We'll have more on this later, um, but we'll definitely make sure to promote it a little bit closer too. But go check it out now. Like go to this, as we said, go to the screeningroomkingston.com. Check it out. Because there's all the information right there, um, and you can you can get an email reminder sent right to you. You can sign up now, put your name in, you can get an email reminder uh, sent to you, and that's kind of coming up uh, June 17th and 18th. Which that's a lot of fun. Like that, that's really a cool thing to be a part of. So if you want to make a donation or a pledge, maybe you don't think you can get you know up to these levels. Maybe you can't donate now. June 17th and 18th, you can make pledges and donations throughout the event. Mike, I um, would like to draw your attention to the to the line underneath browse donation tiers and give today. Will you would you please read it for me? <laughs> Alternatively, send a check, <laughs> interact <laughs> e-transfer or give in person. <laughs> so if you don't want to donate online. Oh, there's even info. There's a whole section. Yeah, Taylor, the there's a whole section on how to give a check. <laughs> And it says, there are few things more delightful than receiving a letter with money in it. So Wendy's saying right there, send her a check. So oh. ha ha, ha ha, crack out those, those checkbooks, check ladies those check and books. gentlemen. Find them, get the dust off yep. them. And them off. <laughs> yeah, you've got to like, you know, the scene in a movie where you find something, you, you do the blow yep. and the dust goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be that. <laughs> but it's everyone's checkbooks because... Who uses checkbooks? Um, I, maybe I'll maybe I'll send in my donation by check. It, well, I mean, I think you kind of have to now. Might as well. You know what we'll do, Taylor? This is what we'll do. If screening in Kingston, if we can raise the money, you can send in our donation by check. Perfect. And we'll we'll give you the money from all the screening in Kingston. Perfect. People. And you can even put in the byline at the check from screening in Kingston. Yes. By, <laughs> by way of check. <laughs> beautiful i love it <laughs> and then there you go there you get you get the check in everyone's happy um but there you go that that's their their big funding drive here the projector the projector funding drive the donation drive is going on right now until the end of june so the event obviously the 24 hours events june 17th 18th you can give now online screeningroomkingston.com from now until the end of june 
So we we have a little bit of time to get things, but obviously they they've got to get this project. They got to get a new one. They got to get yeah. a new projector. You need that. So donate if you can, um, and uh, and support the screening room because we need our independence uh, cinemas. Yeah, we, we do. Need that. It's really important. Um, so there you go. Go check it out. Uh, ScreeningRoomKingston.com. We'll post about it this week on our social media as well. So you check that out. Make sure you're also following the Screening Room on social media. They'll have updates there. Uh, and expect more to come. Um, I'll reach out to the Screening Room. We'll make sure to cover this uh, over the next month or so. And uh, all you listeners out there, you know, you're movie fans. So if you could donate, please do. If you want to donate through Screening in Kingston, we'll set something up contact us and uh yeah that would be a lot of fun we'll we'll it'd be great to send wendy something from all us movie fans love it um okay so uh for the rest of this episode we've got a couple movies to review um we have a few fan questions that came in um now it does seem no one wants to necessarily reveal their bad dating they don't want to rat themselves out which they I mean, all picked them. They were all the guilty party and they picked the movies and they tanked <laughs> the dates and they don't is want to that, admit it. Really? Is that what you're, is that what you're assuming here? Maybe. Is it they're, they're the culprit? I was just why thinking else? Why else they wouldn't, mean, they're embarrassed yeah, or they're, they're, I, or, they're lazy. <laughs> or they're lazy. <laughs> lazy or embarrassed. I, I guess I didn't interpret it that way that they, they were the ones that the are guilty party, blame, the guilty party, but that's interesting. I wonder if that's true. Are our fans the one who, and now they're looking back saying, oh, this was terrible. What right. a terrible decision. I never got a second date. That must be why. <laughs> yeah, because of my horrific movie choices. And it, I mean, as we discussed, it can, it can make a big difference. So It can. A um, couple, couple fan questions did come in. Um, so this question comes from uh, Kira. Uh, and Kira writes in and says, hi, Screening in Kingston. I just recently listened to your episode where you went through and talked about all the various summer movies that you have coming up. I'm wondering if there's a particular summer movie that you're really looking forward to and if there's one you feel like you're going to avoid like the plague. Um, I really well, want to see the Blackberry movie, which came out, what? Just, I guess just this be, weekend. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I really want to see that one. Obviously, I want to see the Burby movie. The only movie we both were like, no, we don't want to see, I think, is Fast, Fast and X. Furious yeah. X. Fast, <laughs> yeah. Fast X. Fast, yeah, don't give it a full X, title, Tim. It's one. Fast X. Yeah, part one of three. Yeah. So that was like the major, like, ooh, cringe. But um, <laughs> I haven't really, because like you gave like the most, like I would say, like, noteworthy movies like you know like the ones with the most mm-hmm. buzz the i'm ones, sure yeah. there are going to be other movies that come out that are like really bad and i want to stay, uh, <laughs> stay clear of but um i would say of the list you gave mike really the mm-hmm. only one that i'd be like oh no thank you oh and i have no interest in seeing the little mermaid does that come out yeah. this summer it does it, at yeah. the end of um this month actually like i Zero think in another week or two yeah um yeah, like I, I know I'll end up seeing that one, uh, unfortunately. Um, but I would say Fast X is the one that I'm avoiding. Otherwise, I'm probably going to see most of the rest of them. I'm really interested in Oppenheimer. Yeah, I do. Because, I really want to see that one. Yeah, like Christopher Nolan's been doing some very strange movies recently. And now kind of the historical films that he's doing. It's interesting to see kind of what 
what he does as a filmmaker with those films. So I, I'm really interested to see Oppenheimer. I think that'll be and good. And if you can understand the dialogue. Well, <laughs> I didn't only, I only say that because um, wasn't that the major critique of Tenet that no one could uh, hear. Yes. The there was a lot of sound so issues. Bad yeah. in Tenet. Yeah. Yeah, there's so, a lot of sound issues. I'm Tenet. being facetious, Mike. I don't think I think it's going to be a more traditional sound mixing for. I mean, I will say, listen, I will say, Dunkirk was tough to understand at times. Really, time. it was. Yeah, I mean, I I remember specifically the sound mixing being a little much, garbled. like they're yeah, a little garbled. But I mean, he he likes the ambient noises. Like he likes the sound of the things in the movie less so than the people. See, and I, I, I assume I've never been in a nuclear power plant, but I assume a lot of humming, you know, like a lot of machines. <laughs> yeah, making, I don't know <laughs> making noises. I don't that think it's just really funny to me that you're like I've never been there, but <laughs> <laughs> I've never been there, but I, I have seen Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chernobyl. there's a lot of beeping and. <laughs> Like, a lot of beeping, yeah, noises, and and um, it's all about um, like there's explosions in the desert, so like mm-hmm. it it will be loud and it will be nominated for best sound editing. You're calling that now, huh? You're saying yeah, because it's a historical now. biopic, and like I find whenever it's a movie that's like a sci-fi, a war movie, or like a historical, like kind of like technology movie the academy will nominate it so like that because like yeah you got to get all that sound effects the explosions the the nuclear power plant beeping the hum of the machine the chalkboard i assume i i call it there'll be a chalkboard scene okay chalkboard. writing you know physicist uh uh equations to figure out how to make nuclear fission Oh, yeah. If you had if you had just said that you were looking forward to it, I would think you're not. <laughs> I know I'm really making fun of it, but like I yes. truly, um, I studied the Cold War, and okay. part of the, I mean, like you wouldn't have the Cold War if you didn't have Oppenheimer. So like, right. I am being like a little silly. I think I really am looking forward to seeing this movie, but all okay. of that stuff—that's what we the did. Academy yeah. loves. It, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I'm sure it will get consideration. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. They like Christopher Nolan. Um, I assume it will be nominated. It's just, it. you never know with movies that come out in the summer. Yeah, that's I, true. It's getting better. It's getting better. Like, it's not like it used to be where if your movie doesn't come out in, in November, December, you don't have a chance. It's getting better. But you just never know what will happen. But yeah, Christopher Nolan, it's probably a given that uh, that, that it's going to be nominated for sound sound mixing and what have you um but yeah of the other movies i don't know if there's anything i'm necessarily like really looking forward to um and nothing else that i'm really avoiding other than fast x because i just don't understand why they're still doing that i don't get Um, the franchise i just i think our listeners understand that after we reviewed the what the eighth one i just don't get it i don't didn't we watch the fifth one i don't know whichever one we watched (laughs) whichever we want but the fact that there's 10 of these and Tell, like, I think that's something. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. Y'all like, whoever likes it, go for it. It's how I feel about Marvel. Marvel's not for me, but I can like understand why that franchise exists. I just like, don't get the draw of these Fast and the Furious movies. They were yeah, not and, what I thought they were going to be. Right. And like what to, I thought, 
what I thought they were. I'm like, yeah, I can get why people like that. And then like I watched yeah. it. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't know. I guess Whatever. to me that's the difference between what you just described is the difference to me for Marvel and this. I understand why Marvel exists. I understand what they're doing. It's based on comic books. It's all different stories, different characters. This franchise, I don't understand the appeal. I I don't get it. And having only watched, I guess, the first one a long, long time ago and now the fifth one when we reviewed it, I have no idea what's going on. Like, that was yeah. like a heist movie. I don't even know what was like, were they, were they, I thought they were car racers, like an underground car racer. That's but what I thought. Things. And uh, yeah, it was very weird. It's a very strange movie. I don't know. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, of Vin Diesel and his kind of stuff anyway. So we'll see. Um, the last question here uh, we have uh, comes from Kyle. Um, Kyle wants to know if there's anything that you would recommend for binging for television over the summer. I'm running out of things to watch, and I have to admit I'm still uh, a person who watches week-to-week television during the year, oh. and everything comes to an end uh, come May. I'm not huge into binging. However, I have tried a few shows um, and binged them all the way through, and I thought that, that was a lot of fun and a cool way to watch a show i have a lot of time coming off uh time off work coming up in the summer and i'm wondering if there's a if there's a show you would recommend that is worth dedicating a weekend of watching tv and relaxing oh only a weekend here i I was gonna we just i just brought up it's always sunny in philadelphia and i'm listening to a podcast where the creators are re-watching every episode and like talking about it and like the creative process so it's going to be like, Kyle, watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But that is like 17, 16, 17 seasons. You're, you're There's not your summer. That. You're that's not watching that. That's the whole summer. That's not a weekend. <laughs> that's not a weekend. That's that's really hard. It's like when um, whenever our fans are like, oh, recommend us a movie or whatever, but they don't really give us preameter. Like, uh, yeah, like I'd love to. Because Kyle, I don't know what Kyle you watch, Kyle. That, yeah, that you've binged some shows. So I like which what have you binged and what true crime comedy drama romance there's lots there's so much I mean Chernobyl so much Chernobyl. Chernobyl is a good one <laughs> that's a good one there you go um I haven't watched the second or third season well I think the third season's only just coming out but um the righteous gemstones I've been meaning to catch up but the first season that's very streamable. Or, uh, I'm not familiar vegetable. with that one. Um, it's Danny McBride and the littler guy from um, Workaholics. Oh. <laughs> I don't know the one, but like, um, and oh, the guy from The Big Lebowski, but not the main character for The Big Lebowski. That actor, he's also in Barton Fink. <laughs> I'm obviously acting. Uh, I'm naming like the most ex- obscure things he's in, but um, <laughs> I think it's, and I don't, I'm not doing that on purpose. It's just my brain. Um, so Danny McBride, <laughs> um, Edie Patterson, Adam Devine, John Goodman is who I was John thinking. Um, and they play, it's a black comedy um, crime television show. That's it's HBO. And so far, there's two seasons, 18 episodes, and it's about a family of evangelical, evangel, assist, I can't say that, but essentially um, TV pastors. 
like like multi-million dollar like the dad is a pastor that's like a multi-millionaire they have like a mega church and oh is this ringing any bells My yes now it is subscribe to hbo i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't sat down and watched it, but yes, it, it, I have seen lots of previews for this one. I haven't got a chance to watch the second season, but the first season was very, very funny. But it is, like, full disclosure, like, a dark comedy. Like, it's mm. not for everyone. So, again, like, I don't know, Kyle. I don't know what you like. Same with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think that show's hilarious. Very dark. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're bringing up a good point, Taylor, because some of the suggestions I would have, like of things I finished recently, or like we were talking about the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, That's how it's going one. into its last season, could be a good one. But do you, you know what, Kyle? What do you like? So give us more detail, and we promise the next episode that we're on, we'll give you more, and we can even email you some some other suggestions. Yeah. But I mean, you've you've got a few from us. Always sunny in Philadelphia, Chernobyl. I think that's a good one. Um, I mean, again, if you're looking for a comedy, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is really funny. I think it's it's the type of thing that that will will resonate for some people. Um, I'm assuming you want to stay away from the things that, like, I, I I assume that my assumption is the bingeable shows that Kyle have tried have been like, oh, The Office and like other things like that. But like, who knows? We don't know, Kyle. He's watching. Kyle, uh, give us some he's, details. He's watching like sitcoms that are on network TV. What comms are even on right now? I don't even know. Kyle, I give don't us know. <laughs> we, we want more detail, and we promise to give you some more suggestions. Like if you're into true crime, Kyle, like that again, your whole summer right there. Netflix there has go. amazing true crime documentaries you can binge, like true three crime. to four episodes. Yeah, you can finish that in a weekend. But again, write back, let us know, we'll get you a list. All right. And thank you to, to both of you for writing in this week. Just a reminder to everyone how to get uh, questions up on the podcast. You can go to screeningandkingston.com. There's a couple forms you can fill out right on the homepage or on the podcast page, or you can email us anytime at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. Cool. All right, Taylor, we've got some movies to review. Um, let's start with your documentary about Pez. Yeah, I um, I thought... You know, I wanted to change gears a little bit, watching all those weird Netflix movies I've been watching. And I thought, mm-hmm. I have not... Well, I, I went on to Amazon, and I was looking at their, like, new and exclusive section. And um, I came across this Pez Outlaw. And I thought, I haven't reviewed... I can't remember the last time I reviewed a documentary. I used to review them quite often when they would come to the screening room. Um mm-hmm. I like I love a good documentary for longtime listeners. They'll know that. So I thought I'm going to watch this one. And it, you're right, Mike. It's about Pez. So <laughs> what makes, in my opinion, a good documentary is a riveting story, like an interesting topic. It might not something. It might not be something that I know a lot about, or I'm even necessarily interested in. But like a good story. So like an example is I watched a documentary at the screening room. It's a couple years ago now, obviously, pre-COVID, about um, a woman's sailing team. I'm not into Oh, sailing. right. I'm not into I sailing. remember that. It was a riveting story. Very, very good. So, again, it doesn't have to be a topic you know a lot about. Probably, you know, it's even better if you don't know about the topic, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, you throw in some wacky characters and... Um, yeah, you just tell an interesting story for an hour and a half. I love it. So this documentary, like 
um, Mike said, is about Pez, specifically the Pez Outlaw. I don't know anything about Pez other than it's a candy, right? Like, Mike, I don't know if you know anything. Yeah. I mean, did you have Pez? Like, were you a Pez fan when you were younger? Yeah, yeah. Look, I would eat Pez, and you get the little dispenser, you know? Yeah. Um, I like and Pez. sometimes you didn't even have the dispenser. You just eat a sleeve of Pez in one sitting. Just you know, That would be the best. Yeah, you just sugar, toss aside right? that and just... <laughs> just go right for the pellets. <laughs> right to the veins. Um, so this documentary is about um, a gentleman, and I've already forgotten his name. I think his name is Steve Gleb, Steve Gloob, or something. Like he has a weird last name. Um, <laughs> and he gets into the world of Pez dispenser collecting, um, and kind of figures out that. The way to make money is to import Pez dispensers that aren't available in the regular market. And it's kind of illegal how he does this, which you like learn about in the documentary. But like by a loophole, it's not illegal. So um, because of like trademark infringement and stuff. So he's doing this thing that's like borderline illegal. And the head of U.S. Pez, like Pez USA... Um, kind of makes it his like personal mission to like shut down this like one random dude in Michigan who's like importing these Pez from right. Eastern Europe. So that's the that's the documentary, um, right. and it's uh, like I don't know. I think that's a very interesting story. <laughs> I like didn't know anything about about it going in, and I thought, wow, that's a that's a riveting story right there. Like I'll watch you. This you became enthralled. You yes. were you were ready to go very yeah. quickly. I was like. And this Steve Gleb or Glib or however you say his name is like a very fascinating character. And um, I would say like an unreliable narrator. So he has oh. um, like right off the, the top, you find out that he does have um, OCD, like diagnosed OCD. And he does have some like mental health problems. And he says that he kind of like as a way to cope with his anxiety and his depression or and like just like the situations he's in he'll sometimes like dream up these stories or at least that's the that's the sense I got from the documentary that he so like he created this persona the Pez outlaw in order to um essentially navigate the situations he was in right so you're like okay so like you're like is what he's telling and then they do that thing where in a documentary they so it's like a talking head documentary where like they interview one person you know Steve tells his side of the story and then they'll like cut to another person and the other person will be like no that never happened oh right you know what I mean like or like yes or like or like and there's like a couple like there's a couple characters who are like no that never happened but then they say something kind of contradictory where you're like so like did it happen the way Steve's telling the story you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. So, like, it's an interesting, like, it's not going to be, like, a black or white documentary. But, again, like, it makes for fascinating watching, right? Like, he's yeah, a fascinating it, it guy. Like it. Yeah. It's, like, a fascinating thing he did. And it's, like, it takes place in the early 90s, like, all of the events of the story. And it did something that I've never seen before, <laughs> for, which I, I loved, which may be off-putting to some people. Mm-hmm. I'm not always a fan of reenactments in documentaries sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't so there 
it is like a talk like you have the talking head like they're interviewing people right that like the main quote-unquote characters that like did did these things in the 90s and then they're having reenactments and steve i want to say his name steve i better you you know what yeah either google it now or he's steve forever because (laughs) because you're gonna stick with steve um yeah steve glue is his name so um he plays himself in the reenactments he plays himself in reenactments yeah so like the scenes Mm -hmm. where they're like (laughs) so they're really one-sided to him then right in terms of like like, the reenactments are more his point of view then yes so like anytime like there's like a reenactment it's from his point of view or like his Mm -hmm. son's right like and like i think it's so funny that they got him like the reenactments are like funny you know what i mean like it's like <laughs> it's right, funny right. they got him to play himself like like 80 year old or like 70 year old he's probably was 70 in his 70s by the looks of it 60s or 70s playing him in the 90s you know what i right, mean right yes they, yeah they, they, they yeah. dyed his beard <laughs> but it's like him and so oh. the reenactments are like very stylized because again, mm. like he's like really into like Tom Clancy books. So like one, like for instance, like one scene is like he's reading a Tom Clancy book at a at his job, and like all of a sudden, it's like he's like in a spy movie, right? While he's like reading, and then like there's another <laughs> scene where he was like, it was like right out of a film noir, and then like so like it becomes like a film noir the reenactment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um it was fun you know what i mean again like it, he's an unreliable narrator by like definition right like he even kind of says like he kind of makes up stories or like that's how i interpret it right um and like the character other people in the movie are like no it's not things did not happen the way he said they happened so but um it's a really tight documentary it's like just under an hour 30 minutes I will say that because it's so tight, I found the last act of the movie or the documentary a little disappointing. So essentially, like, all this stuff happens and then it's like, that's it. Until, like, today. You know what I mean? Like, 20 years go by, you don't know anything in the 20-year gap. Which, like, based on his life circumstances kind of makes sense. But, like, again, it feels like a little unsatisfying because you've kind of gone on this journey with him for like an hour and 10 minutes and then the last 10 minutes are kind of like wah, wah. but like that might just be by vir- virtue of this the story you know what i mean like there right, might not have right. been anything in those 20 years for them to talk about so hmm. um overall even though i found the ending like a little bit unsatisfying to me this was a see it i had a, like i found it funny i thought the story was very enthralling i thought the characters were very charming you know what i mean um, anyone yeah. who's interested in like the world of collecting um, will probably find this interesting. And like, even if you aren't really into collecting or into candy or things like that, I think you'll just enjoy. It's a nice hour, twenty five minutes. It's available on Amazon Prime um, as part of your part of your subscription, so you don't even have to like pay more to rent it or anything. Right. Um, and. On Amazon, it says it's a 2023, but now that I'm Googling it, it's saying it's 2022. So it's one oh, really? weird. <laughs> one of those weird, weird ones. Weird ones that, where they like, yeah, maybe it was released. Or, yeah. 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 It was released on in 2022. But anyways. So, um, yeah. 
if you can <laughs> if you can check it out i definitely recommend it it was sweet like candy it was nice but yeah. like sweet like candy in in a very good way unlike the movie last week which i also described it like sweet like candy <laughs> this one like but was, in a like, bad way yeah bad. where it's kind of like yeah this one was quite was quite good it's a it's a see it for me it's worth it's a worth a watch well, I mean, it's interesting because I think what makes documentaries even more fascinating is when you do have that sense of the unreliable narrator. Like when you challenge your own perceptions as you're watching as to whether or not, you know, can I trust what I'm seeing? Do I, there's two different sides here being expressed. I find that really compelling too. So and even it, if it's a topic I don't care about, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes it really interesting. And it's good documentary filmmaking, right? Whereas like... um the the directors could have just told his side right of the story right which we talked about on this show before like michael moore makes amazing documentaries it's very one-sided yeah like he does not care about the other side at all not that again he writes about a lot of things and makes a lot of things that i i agree with but you have to go in understanding that it's a one point of view when you get a documentary like the one you're describing here you're kind of left to just have the evidence poured in front of you and you almost have to kind of make your own decision. Yeah. Piece it together. Like Steve, Steven, um, Pez outlaw. He definitely is like the quote unquote hero of the movie. Mm. Like it definitely is like you're rooting for him the whole way. But like, you're also like, is this like the story actually happened. Right. Cause like there are people to corroborate the story, but like did things unfold the way Steve is telling it? Right. But, like, who cares? Because it makes for an amazing story. Yeah. Like, it reads like, yeah. a, like a novel. So I'm with you, Mike. It's it's nice when a documentary kind of leaves that. Um, it's, like, not black and white, right? It leaves that yeah. wiggle room. So check it out. Check it out. There you go. There you go. The Pez Outlaw. A surprise. See it. Um, all right. So I decided. So I was traveling for work. And I uh, I just got back today. That we're recording and I had exactly two hours to watch something. Um, so I found an hour, a movie that was an hour and 40 minutes called paint, <laughs> which, which is a, a sort of, as we talked about a Bob Ross kind of spoof movie starring Owen Wilson, where he plays Carl, who's essentially Bob Ross works for PBS, has a one hour long paint show, very popular amongst sort of an older crowd. Um, and this movie is is around him kind of dealing with something. Stealing, I don't want to give it away 100%, but dealing with something in his past. What he paints has like huge meaning to him. And he's facing a world that's kind of moving on a little bit from what he was doing. So the network is, for example, bringing in a younger um, artist to do stuff after him on the same network that's starting to maybe replace him a little bit. Um, and he's kind of dealing with that sense of, of aging. How can I express my art in sort of a changing world? Well, he's also kind of dealing with his own sort of demons as he's expressing things. Now it's not a very dark movie. It's not a very serious movie. I would describe it as a quirky drama comedy. There's definitely some humor that's supposed to be in here. I found some of it effective and some of it kind of weird. Um, this is a movie that moves as slow as Bob Ross and painting does. <laughs> this is like this movie at times is like watching paint dry. Um, 
it is a very we're really movie. coming out with the uh, metaphors or like the yes well <laughs> that's what great podcasters do uh-huh. um uh, but it the, the struggle i had with this movie was it took some kind of borrowed some things from wes anderson for example right. where they like a little bit of bright colors and seams at times a couple quick flashes even some of the dialogue and the very quiet slow moving nature of the way bob ross spoke and that's what owen wilson's really doing like he's doing kind of a bob ross impression essentially um and it just makes the movie slow down like again it was an hour and 40 minutes and it felt a lot longer and not in not in a good way like i don't think it was really serving the movie the movie's quirky and strange like this is not a straightforward like comedy or drama or even anything it's very very strange like it's almost a i would describe it almost as a character piece like you're just watching a character go through something and deal with with life um and for some people that's very appealing and for others it's not appealing at all um and i found i found it to be very slow and and unforgiving at times um I, again, I thought some of the comedy just didn't land for me. It, it's it, Owen Wilson is naturally pretty funny. He just sort of like oozes comedy. He fits this role perfectly. The acting performance is wonderful. He's very, very good. I just didn't quite get it. Right. I didn't quite understand what I was supposed to be thinking, feeling, being expressed to me. Again, we talk about this almost every week when I give a bad review. I'm all about storytelling. Tell me a story. Tell me a story from A to Z. Build a world for me. Let's see what happens in it. The world building in here was pretty solid. Like they did a good job. I really, really appreciated the aesthetic of the film. Like it seemed almost like a painting at times, just in terms of the way the colors were. Um, there's a couple comedic moments that really land extremely well, like the type of comedy fit for me and then others that just kind of didn't didn't really do it do it for me um all in all this is one of those movies that i'm gonna give it a rating but i'm the closest to you taylor giving one of your ratings that i've ever been (laughs) with this movie because this is not for everyone right at all there are some people who will like this movie who will enjoy it who will think it's a cute little fun movie there's others who who kind of honestly like me will come out of it being like what what was this what did I just why watch? did I what did, what did I just watch so I elevate a little bit I'm not giving it a skip it I'm giving it an airplane it because if I had watched this movie on an airplane I think I wouldn't have cared I would have been like well that was distracting and interesting um, but there's not much more to it than that I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend running out to stream this I wouldn't recommend going to see it in the theaters. I think this is exactly the type of movie that if you have nothing else to do and you're a little bit like curious about it, throw it on on a Saturday afternoon. You know, do watch it on an airplane, watch it on a train ride home. Like don't don't spend too much money going out to this because it's it's a very short movie that doesn't, I think, really have much to say. It is really just centered around. Uh, Owen Wilson's character going through this sort of struggle of am I being replaced here I'm trying to rebuild sort of relationships and things that I've had in my life what is the painting that I keep painting mean because all of Bob's Ross's painting kind of looked similar so they make fun of that a bit he's always drawing essentially the same thing over and over and over again Um, and why he's doing happy little trees Um, why didn't they call the movie happy little trees 
I don't paint know. Paint is um, a stupid name. Paint, yeah, paint. I think, I think someone somewhere said that movie titles need to be one word because you see that a lot with Disney movies, especially recently where it's just one word. Um, but I don't know. I, I think you could have called it Happy Little Cheese. I think because it's not Bob Ross and it's not, I don't know if they're trying to really disassociate it. I don't know if they don't, they, there's a rights well, issue. Well, then they shouldn't have, because like the, if you look at the poster, mm-hmm. you think that this is a Bob Ross um, biopic. Which it, you know, isn't because it's, the guy's name is Carl. It is, it is kind of, again, it's similar to Bob Ross because he, He's a painter from PBS. He looks exactly the same. He talks the exact same. Why do um, that? His popularity get... group is the exact same. But right? it's, it, it's a parody, really, is what it is. It's just not funny enough to be a, a parody, in, in my opinion. Write better, people. Like, yeah, I mean. Better stories is what I'm like. You know what this, I mean? <laughs> if this had a little bit more of the Weird Al movie energy. Like if they uh, went think, for it. Yeah. If they went for it, like, okay, we're really going to make this a parody. We're going to make it absolutely ridiculous. We've got He's a Bob Ross, star, but bad. But he's Carl, you know, and he's terrible. And then he's going to go through a journey, whatever. This movie, even on a character standpoint, like I get it. I get the arc of the character. I 100% get it. It is so clear. It is clearer than most art is as to what the character was doing, why they were doing it, what what it, the end result is. And at the end where the character is, you see the arc very clearly. It's a very easy to understand movie in that standpoint. It's just hard to understand why you had to make it. Because the point you're trying to make in this film is pretty simple. And I, I personally kind of left it being like, okay, that had quirks. There was a few moments that made me laugh. Um, that's about it, though. <laughs> there, there's not there's not much else. Um, so it's an air paint for me as an airplane. I just I just can't give it a better review. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because Taylor, it just didn't have much beyond its surface of it. it's an hour and 40 minutes. There's four or five laughs. And Owen Wilson does a great job. You're better off watching the Pezzo Law. It sounds like it, which is is surprising. It does sound like it. I just, yeah, I, I think I was, I was expecting it to be a little bit more Bob Ross focused. Um, I was also expecting if it wasn't like early on when I discovered, oh, okay, this is nothing to do with Bob Ross. My kind of attitude changed to, okay, well, maybe this is clearly going to be a silly parody because why else would they make him look and sound exactly like Bob right? Ross? Like I was thinking, oh, okay, we're going to get like another Weird Al kind of movie, and then it just like- didn't. You know what I think of? I think of like, um, like walk hard or, you know, Oh yeah. Walk hard. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'll be honest. I haven't seen that movie, but I know enough about it where it's a parody of, um, music biopics and the character is very close to Johnny Cash, but it's not Johnny Cash. (laughs) I didn't like, uh, walk hard either. Um, so maybe this style of movie is just not for me. Um, but But again, like, like, it has to be zany, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like yes, to make it I work, agree it's got the, it has to have that level of like space balls. You know yes, I mean? and this this doesn't, and it's it's not as zany as as normal parodies. This seems like a character drama that had some quirk to it. There again, very similar to uh, like a Wes Anderson light, kind of a quirky movie. Which kind of People like talking Owen a little bit different. Is like a long time Wes Anderson collaborator. 100%, so I wonder. 100%. I don't know. I wonder. You, are you thinking he really wanted he to play this role? He wasn't credited as a writer. 
It's this Brit McAdams. No. So, I don't know. I don't know. Really, yeah. I just think I think at the end of the day, they just it was a miss. So when you're making a movie, and people, it's so funny how the complaints that come from the film industry and the complaints that come from uh, like people outside the film industry, like audience members, like you and me is always centered around like, Oh, people won't come to the movie theater anymore. They won't come to the movie theater. Cinema is dying. And then other people be like, your stories are terrible. Like make better movies. Like honestly, everything is solved when the movie's good. No, everything, every (laughs) single problem is solved when the movie's good. Even a film that you don't think should exist or even a film that you think has everything working against it, a sequel that's far removed from its original audience, that's just a popcorn movie that, you know, maybe people won't will miss and just, you know, like Fast X check out. But then you get movies like Top Gun Maverick. It's really good despite all of those things. So, I, again, I just think that it was a miss. It was a missed opportunity to do a nice, fun, concise comedic movie that's centered around a Bob Ross type character and they just they missed the mark for me. They biffed it. Just didn't it. Yeah, they did. Um so there you go. That's my review for Paint Airplane it. I think there's m- much better options, um but because of travel, uh that was all I could do. Um, it's Oh, you watched it when you got home. I was going to be like, isn't it oh, yeah. funny that you had an airplane movie during a travel day? Like if you were on the train watching it? No, I, I originally that was my thought Oh, I can, I can get a, I can, you know, get a movie from wherever, put it on my laptop and then, and then watch it on the way home. But I got home, had the two hours and thought, oh, this is perfect. Paint. And it's an hour and 40 minutes fits in my timeline perfectly. I wanted to see this. Cause I'd heard. Can even eat a sandwich. I could eat. Yeah, exactly. There's no, (laughs) there's no rush. And I just, I, ah, it was, it was hard to get through. Um, And I wish it was something more. At the end of the day, that's that's kind of my point. I wish it was something more than it was. But there you go. I'm ever, aside from this one episode and probably some Star Trek talk, um, I'm I'm really excited to watch summer movies and I can't wait to get out there and actually uh, see some summer movies in this weekend and all weekends subsequent to this. I will be watching new summer movies, everything except for Fast X. So I'm hoping to see some some better films uh than that one but and some some movies you understand why it went right to streaming right like, and you know, mike you just, you and eating popcorn and eating popcorn of course that's what you'll be doing. <laughs> i just popcorn. had to well, i had to tie I'm back just... into the beginning of the episode popcorn yes a single popcorn uh probably hopefully from the screen room because yeah. we all know that they they have the best popcorn so go. it's uh it's worth your donation for that yes i'm glad you tied everything back then. thanks for <laughs> tying that up in a neat bow taylor you're uh, welcome thank you everybody for for listening this week just a couple really quick reminders the screening room funding drive is going on right now each episode from basically now until the end of june we'll make sure to bring this up we'll remind you Go to screeningroomkingston.com. So that's just screeningroomkingston, all one word.com. You'll find the donation information right on the homepage. There's a little button you can click. You can go right to their page. It explains everything. It's the 2023 projector donation drive. Help them raise the money. We do not want to lose the screening room, Taylor. We've got to make sure they get their projector. Agreed. Go see some movies.